What up, world? It's me, your boy, Benjamin Banks, and this is Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And I got my boy right here, my best friend, my co-host, Trav. How you doing, brother? Hey, what's going on? Um, We're just chilling. Uh, we just finally saw Aquaman. Aquaman. And, bro, it is one of the best DC movies of all time. I'll say of all time, Yeah, it's time, up there. Bro, all time. it's like, for years, it's like... I mean, DC, they've put out some okay movies, but it's never been any DC movie. I mean, besides The Dark Knight. Right. You know what I'm saying? The Dark Knight, is the, that trilogy is up there. It's really well, high. Well, are you also pushing aside the original Batman and Batman Returns? Or are you including that in this? Cause... I'm including those in this, too, because, I mean, like, those are good movies. And when I say, They're like, more than good When movies. I say that Aquaman is the best of all time, it's really the best of all time but not saying that not knocking those movies because those movies are good too but like Aquaman like the story the music the character development like all of it was so good in this movie man and I highly recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen it yet or because I know that there are some people out there who don't like DC or they're just or they only watch Marvel films right like they well, don't... you can't blame anybody for not liking the DC movies but I think you had said earlier this has already broken the Justice yeah, League it's, box yeah it surpassed Justice League's box office which bro. is a trash movie and Aquaman just came out what last Friday last Friday you know what I'm saying so it's like hi props to jason momoa bro that's what i was about to say man it's like he he knocked it out the park if and it's so crazy because i never envisioned aquaman being white even though i grew up with a white aquaman if i could picture aquaman it would be legitimately what jason mimosa looks like like perfect casting great job on their behalf for the casting of it he really portrayed a cool aquaman that you could connect with as a person and then be like man this guy's still a badass well bro it's like i feel like every scene he was in in the justice league movie like he stole the scene so it's like you already knew that well i've been hyped for it ever since you know the batman versus superman when they showed the little glimpse. i know they showed the glimpse of him but i was just i was hyped i was just like okay but once he the justice league trailer came out and then i saw the movie i was just like okay yeah jason momoa bro like this dude, he's going to knock it out of the park, and he killed it in Aquaman. Every, the, uh, casting across the board was great. Every yeah, character so many, was great. So many great actors in this movie. That's yeah. what I'm saying, bro. Like They went all out for this film, man. It's like As they should, you because have you have to at this point. I, they're so far behind Marvel yeah. as far as Hollywood movies go that they're going to have to. And something else we talked about. The Infinity War CGI was amazing. Yeah. I mean, amazing. But holy hell, the CGI in Aquaman was... I can't name you a better movie. It looked like they were underwater. Oh my God, it was amazing. Everything looked so believable. Yeah, it did, man. And then like when they came from out of the water, you're just like, oh, wow, man. It's like... it's not it's, oh my i gotta see it again my god it was so good yeah. and we kept like looking over at each other giving the head nod like yeah well bro i mean it's it's crazy but it's like aquaman you know this is the end of the year this right. movie this is the last superhero movie of the year man and i feel like that this was a good a good way to end the year with a superhero movie but let's not forget there was another superhero movie that came out this month as well and that was spider-man into the spider-verse right now bro 
in my opinion, like how I just said that Aquaman is the best DC movie of all time, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was the best Spider-Man movie of all time. Like, for me, I always put Spider-Man 2 at the top of the list when it came to Spider-Man movies and everything else was below it. But after watching Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2 is number two now. Into the Spider-Verse is number one. Like, the characters, like the story that was being told in that movie. Like, I'm, I'm a very story-driven guy and character development so when i watch movies that's what i look for and i know we talked about this with uh battle of gods and resurrection of f before because it's like the reason why i didn't like resurrection of f as much as battle of gods is because resurrection of f it was just more action right but i mean it had a little story in there you know frieza wanted revenge and whatnot but battle of gods a replay on the same story yeah exactly so that's why i like the story and spot in the spider-verse because it's like man it was just so good you had all these spider men and women and hams coming into the marvel spider-man universe and just one universe because all of the universes were affected because of the kingpin so definitely like that's another movie if you haven't watched it definitely go check it out and another thing about um spider-verse is you know the soundtrack just being as good as it is yeah and the art bro yeah i mean everything is just so well put together in the movie um like we had said the soundtrack and i feel like that's important too to have a soundtrack that goes along with the movie is so key and this isn't your typical superhero soundtrack yeah so you know it's getting a lot of rave for the soundtrack too which also helps the movie a lot well you know there's one more superhero movie that we have to see and it's gotten good reviews too and it came out this month bumblebee right like I've heard nothing but good stuff about that movie. So, it looks good. So that's something that I definitely want to check out, especially after you know all the other Transformer movies have kind of been hit or miss. Well, I feel like they kind of crap on the Mark Wahlberg ones, the last two. Bro, I've never I seen think them. They're good to me. I've never seen them. But I've, there's no Transformer movies to me that are amazing. Like they're just wa- like they're worth a watch, and yeah. that's it. Well, bro, they too. don't really have the replay value that I really want to keep watching this movie. Well, the first one, in my opinion, was the best one. Like I enjoyed that one because well, it was, it cool was huge at the time. Right, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like what, 2007? It came out, and the you know like the, the CGI, of course, for when it came out was like, hey, man, yeah, because people looks, was just like, man, it's no, like, this how are they good. gonna do this? Yeah, and yeah, like, and it was really good, man. So that Bumblebee is definitely another movie that we have to go see, man. And um, you know, I'm not trying to get cynical and trash, but they showed a trailer in Aquaman for Shazam and my god how bad Man. it looked it looks bro. horrible I don't care what you bro. say bro. I know bro. I know we're gonna do the oh, I gotta give it a chance I'm you just saying to. that tra- uh, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying I'm not gonna go see it I'm just saying the trailer did it no favors the well, trailer is bad well it's like the trailer it's like you gotta think at so he's a lame kid. He's and a kid cheesy now, but he's a kid and he's in an adult's body now. So it's like, this film what is... What is cu- this, 13 cu- going on 30 that's what it with feels Jennifer Garner? Pretty much. Or big. Or big. Yeah, big. That's pretty much what it is. I mean, it's like we were talking about with Titans, man. It's like a lot of people saw the images. And even now the Doom Patrol trailer. It's like people, it's like they crap on it, man. And it's like, once we get some more trailers or once it actually comes out, man, I'm pretty sure Shazam is well, going to be good. You got we'll You got to look at it like this. DC just came out with Aquaman. Right. Aquaman was a really good movie. They can't mess up after Aquaman. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's going to be hard to live up to that. Because it's like, I feel like it would be a step back if, if, well, if, 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 if it I was. think that's the problem with DC, though. We talked about this in the car on the way 
back to the house is that the the cinematic world as far as DC go was already in shambles before it began with not knowing what's going on with Ben Affleck. And Guy doing Superman, Superman Chris, doesn't want to uh, do Cavall, it. Doesn't want to do it anymore. Wonder Woman was a great movie, but the ending kind of left you like. Eh. And you know, of course, the dialogue was super cheesy and Wonder Woman too. But overall, it was a great movie. She's a great Wonder Woman. Yeah, I can't imagine anybody else playing Wonder Woman but her. Like she made me believe this is what Wonder Woman looks like and should be. Yeah. So they did a great job there. I thought the casting. For the Flash was really good too, and I want to see a Flash movie. Yeah, just off the casting of him alone, I just think it would be really good. I don't know what's coming out next for them as far as tying bro, into that particular group. Bro, we still got the Cyborg movie that's supposed to come out, and which that didn't look good from the. I mean, a little bit they showed. We don't either, know. So. We don't know what's going on with DC. Hopefully, they can get their stuff together. I mean, like Aquaman. I felt like after Justice League, Aquaman was like their next big hit, and it's like they had to knock it out apart. And you know what? You said you don't know what's coming out. Um, Disney. Remember, they just got um, what's the guy's name? James Gunn, and he's directing Suicide Squad too. So you I, know I meant, that I meant you, that world though. What world? The Justice League. Oh, world. the Justice League world. Okay, well, yeah, but I'm talking about DC yeah, in general. Yeah. You know, you know, Suicide Squad Two is going to have that that Guardians of the Galaxy feel that it tried to have with the first one. But now that you have got James Gunn on board, I'm pretty sure they're going to knock it out the park, bro. We'll see because I hope so. that's that's another one. Most of the characters in Suicide Squad aren't characters that i want to invest time getting to know. i get what you're saying some of them are like some of them, some are, of them cool, are but yeah not all of them and then there's another dc movie oh the um the birds of prey movie that, yeah that's supposed to be coming out too like hopefully we can find some more out on that too i mean this is going to be like dc's second movie that's going to be focusing on women which is cool you know what i'm saying because i feel like when it comes to female superheroes it's like they're always with male superheroes. Yeah, it's always. never it's never like, you know, a female lead. Yeah, Wonder Woman Wonder was Wom- the first one. Wonder Woman was the first one. And now you have Marvel coming out with uh Captain Marvel. Right. So And that legitimately I think looks good. Bro, I mean, I'll just say it here, like in today's world, it's so cool seeing, you know, the diverseness of, you know, the superheroes because it's like like this superheroes year, this, are a worldwide thing this year so alone, you should have that diversity 2018 we started with the first superhero movie black panther right and bro like great reviews made a lot of money it was a great movie great though. movie bro i saw it twice yeah and then it's like then you end in the year with spider-man into the spider-verse where the main character is hispanic and black you know what i'm saying so I'm happy that now you have these movies where it's not just always a, ma- a white male. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's nothing It's nothing against that. Yeah, yeah. I don't have an issue like with I it, said, but it's, it's so more Superheroes diverse. are worldwide. Yeah, they exactly. don't. They fight all, all over the place. Exactly. So you shouldn't have diversity yeah, and, then, and ethnicity. And, and let's not forget about the Netflix shows like Luke Cage right. and Jessica Jones. You know, like... I wasn't really a fan of the first season of Jessica Jones, but the second season was really good. And the same thing with Luke Cage. Like I was, I, I enjoyed the first season, but the second season of Luke Cage was really good. Right. I still need to check out Iron Fist though. Like I heard the second season of that was really good as well. And I haven't seen the second season. I heard the first season was trash. Honestly, all of them are pretty mad to me, except for Daredevil and Punisher. Yeah. Oh yeah. Punisher. Punisher came out. This Punisher's year. real good. It's a shame yeah. that. 
they're all you know, getting they're all getting all canceled yeah. and stuff like that. But it's you know it's crazy, man. Like we're talking about all this superhero stuff, and we're actually about to have a superhero on this episode. Our boy Bob Bob McQuaid, like bro, like this dude, like he's done so much. He's a wrestler. He's a Improv. admin. He's an admin on Roshi's Island. Right. He's family. And he's a martial arts instructor. So I can't wait to hear his story and for him to tell us and the world more about himself. Because I know that this is about to be lit, bro. Right. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Let's go. Hey, dude, what's going on? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Well, you know, first, we just want to say... Thank you for joining us today, man. I'm happy that we're able to bring you up here on an episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. So um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Tell everybody who Bob McQuaid is. Sure. So uh, I'm Bob McQuaid, as as uh, Benjamin said. I live in Pennsylvania. Well, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I live in New Jersey. I uh, wrestle under the name Brilliant Bobby Banks. I also teach martial arts as a full-time career. Um, I am a fourth-degree black belt in, in Kempo martial arts. And uh, I would like to believe I'm a pretty big Dragon Ball fan. And I'm also one of the – I'm a member of the greatest family that I've ever been a part of, and that's the Roshi Island family. Nice, nice. <laughs> Roshi Island plug. Yo. Roshi Island for life, dude. Yo. That's like – Literally, I can't tell you how proud I am to, to tell people that, like, I run a drag. Well, I don't run it, but, like, I help it, uh, administer a Dragon Ball group. And I'm just like, yeah, like, how, how cool is that? Like, I tell people about Dragon Ball. That's the sickest thing ever. I well, just, I love it so much. Well, it bro, takes such pride. I say that you, technically, you do run. You run the page. You run yeah. the page because, <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, I will say that, you know, me and Trav, we did start it. But it's like, you know, after her Facebook cracked down on me and him, like you've been definitely keeping the page alive. So you do run it, bro. Give the viewers a backstory of how Bob even came into the Roshi's Island family. Okay. Well, he came into the Roshi's Island family because Bob, I'm, I met him through some other wrestlers who I'm friends yeah. with. And he was always posting stuff in Roshi's Island. And it was very informative on dragon ball and like and i saw that he had a lot of knowledge on this and so i told the other admins i was just like hey i really like to make him an admin of the group because like that's the type of stuff that i like to see when it comes to choosing potential admins new admins uh yeah. at least and you know i hit him up and he became an admin and then i added him to the roshi's island page that we have and Bob, like he, like we never did any live stream videos, like you know, questions or anything. Because at the time, Dragon Ball Super, the subs were you know popular at the time, and Bob was all like every Sunday he had the the live video up on Facebook, and he was yeah. he was answering questions, talking about predictions and stuff like that. And I was just like, man, like that's very cool and very interactive to get like all these people to you know, talk with them about Dragon Ball Super and for him to get as many viewers to, you know, interact with him was really cool. And, you know, about, you know, I've told you before, but it's like, that's what I love about you. And 
that's why I appreciate what you bring to the page and the group. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love to doing those, man. I miss, that's one of the main things I miss about super being on the air. It's just like all the predictions every week. And when spoilers would come out, I do the video for people who wanted to know about spoilers. And it was just like, it was cool. And Roshi's Island was like the first page that in terms of Dragon Ball that I've actually found that didn't have a ton of negativity because people, people on Facebook, man, they always have to prove they know something. (laughs) And it's just like, it's like at the end of the day, it's a fictional show. So no matter what you think, you know, like Akira Toriyama can change anything at any minute. So you just kind of be like, all right, I think this is what it's about. Or, you know, I'll talk about like, uh, fake fights like who would win between Gogeta or like I don't know uh Thanos or something like that yeah yeah and people are just like oh Thanos or or you know whoever you like is fine but it's like people are just oh if you think anything other than that like you're an idiot like no it's a it's a fictional thing and I think Roshi's Island has been the uh the page that has by far the least amount of negativity and just everyone's positive that I interact with on a daily basis and it's just, it's cool, man. It's cool stuff. And it's, I really appreciate that you guys have put that page together. And then I found it through Kirby and Nate and just, you know, I got in touch with those guys and, uh, you know, it's just cool, man. The networking between dragon ball and wrestling is just, it's cool. It's crazy, dude. man. It's cool. It really, bro, me and Kirby, we just teamed up at a, at a wrestling promotion called Next Evolution Wrestling in Elizabeth yeah. City, North Carolina. And after me and him won our match, we did the fusion dance in the middle. Oh. Of the <laughs> and it's like it's it's so cool because it's like I've always wanted I've always wanted to do the fusion dance with somebody in a wrestling ring. And yeah. when I found out that me and Kirby were going to be a team, I was just like, bro, we have to do the fusion you have dance. To. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I want to say thank you for what you just said about Roshi's Island, because when I created a group, um, I wanted to create a group where Dragon Ball fans could come and just talk about their love for the series and discuss the series without anybody having to, you know, attack them or jump on their back because they love the series or they believe that this is this is right or this is wrong. It's like in Roshi's I don't think that there's ever been any, you know, bashing of somebody's opinion because that's something that, you know, I strongly put in, you know, the entire group that, you know, everybody's opinions matter. You know, if you don't agree with somebody's opinion or if you don't like their opinion, don't attack them just because they have a different opinion from you. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, And that all comes from you guys. I mean, it comes from, you know, you guys constantly posting that positive stuff stuff on the page and benjamin i think i mean your facebook is like the most positive facebook i've ever seen and i freaking love it thank you thank you yeah. I, I try to keep it positive it's awesome and it's just like i agree 100 percent. i think you know we just have an environment right now that's really special where like i've never think like this is 20 almost 2019 mm-hmm. and there's like hundreds of people on Facebook talking about Dragon Ball. Like what world are we in where Dragon Ball is still as big and as popular as it is today and a bunch of grown men can be like, "Yeah, I like Dragon Ball." Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll talk about Dragon Ball all day long. You know what I mean? It's yeah, great. like bro, like Dragon Ball is up there with 
Scooby-Doo, yeah. Star Wars, Looney Tunes. Yeah. You know, like it's something that's going to be talked about until the ends of time, man. Like that's just how popular Dragon Ball is, man. And yeah. I'm happy that I was able to grow up watching it because, I mean, like me personally, I think that Dragon Ball is one of the greatest animes of all time, one of the greatest stories ever told. Yeah. And like that's just my personal opinion. I mean, I know there's other people that have Well, different- even if like you're not a fan of Dragon Ball, you can't argue that it's not one of the greatest of all time just on the cult following it has and the success and how it opened the doors for anime in America it to did. really come in. It really did. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, Bob, so what made you want to get into martial arts? Oh, okay. So I'll tell the story about uh, how I got started. I actually had no interest in it uh, growing up as a kid. I was very lazy. Um, I was just, all I had interest in was playing video games and, um, you know, watching TV. Like, I had no interest in sports or anything. And then one day my mom had come home and said that she signed me up for a karate class. And I freaked out i was really (laughs) yeah i was not happy at all um eventually she convinced me to go to one class and i was like fine i'll go to one class but then i'm sure i'm sure i had some sort of stipulation like if i go to one class you better like buy me a video game like i was spoiled little brat like (laughs) which is all the more reason why it was a good idea that i did get involved in martial arts because it taught me how to be like like a decent human being. Um, and yeah, I went to one class and I fell in love with it. Uh, I was 13. Um, and my teacher at the time, like the person who taught me my first class was, he was like 18 years old. He was a second degree black belt. And he was just the kind of kid who could like, you could do all the flips and fancy kicks. It was like exactly what I needed to see to be like, that dude's cool. I want to be like that guy. You know what I mean? Had it been, had it been some guy who didn't really care about martial arts or who wasn't that good, or had I gone to like a crappier karate studios, um, uh, you know, my life could be totally different, but slowly I started to, I think I fell in love with it so easily because it was my first ever, like, like, you know, my friends played, soccer or basketball or football, but martial arts was my thing. And I was the only one out of my friend group, uh, obviously, except for the friends I met through martial arts, but I was the only one who actually did martial arts and it just kind of became my thing. And like people called me the karate kid and stuff <laughs> like that. you know what I mean? So it was just like, I think that's, you know, so what got me involved was it was definitely my mom, which like looking back on it, dude, that's one of the things I remember. And like, love most about my mom is that like i'll never forget well you know she basically gave me the life i have now you know in terms of my career because had she not walked into some random karate school on the way home from i think she was like at rite aid getting a prescription or something um you know my life would be so flipping different sweep the leg you have a problem with that no mercy. No mercy. Well, bro, like that's something that parents do for us, man. I mean, yeah. it's like you say, your mom 
she walked into the karate studio and she signed you up for the classes. I mean, it's like my mom did the same thing with me when it came to playing baseball and football when yeah. I was younger. You know, I, I feel like when parents do stuff like that for you, it's like it's because they they believe in the abilities that you can do. And, yeah. and they have faith in you. And I, I'm sure at the time when your mom signed you up, I'm like, were you watching a lot of martial arts films? Like, were you, had you already started watching Dragon Ball by this time? And she saw that you loved it. And she was like, okay, I'm going to sign him up for this. It's kind of interesting. I don't think I ever showed any real interest in martial arts aside from like, you know, like power Rangers. I would watch. I've, I've seen a little bit of Dragon Ball at the time, and that's actually uh, it's it's kind of funny because growing up, Dragon Ball was like second or third to me behind like Pokemon and then mm. Modern Power Rangers or something. So I wasn't even that big of a Dragon Ball fan growing up. I saw like you know I'm like every other '90s kid. If you play Rock the Dragon, there's no way in hell I'm not about to start. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but in terms of like exposure, that's all I really had with Dragon Ball. I wasn't a huge fan. But in terms of your question about martial arts, I might have. I'm sure. I like Jackie Chan. Uh, oh yeah, everybody um, loves Jackie Chan. Yeah. Man. Oh, dude, especially a kid. You know what I mean? He was perfect for kids. Uh, um, but but in terms of actually like sh- showing interest, like we have people come into our our karate school now and. And their parents say, yeah, they watched Ninja Turtles and they can't stop talking about it. Or they watched, you know, the new Karate Kid can't stop talking about it. But for me, I never, I don't think I ever really talked about it. I think truthfully, my mom just didn't want me at home playing video games all day long. Yeah. Uh, she wanted you to get out the house. Yeah. Like exactly. like most parents want eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't think it was ever really something I talked about or was like a love for it. I just... You know, with Power Rangers, I thought it was cool, but it was never something that, like, oh, I want to go be a ninja. Um, I wanted to be a professional wrestler, (laughs) if anything, at that point in my life. But in terms of karate, yeah, I wasn't really watching Dragon Ball or anything like that. Uh, I wanted to be a professional wrestler or uh, a Pokemon trainer was my goal. Oh, man. I I think... Everybody, every kid wanted to be a Pokemon trainer. When Remember it, when they when they came out with the official like Pokedex? Yeah, and you oh. felt official. Like yeah. I, I'm legit now, bro. I mean, yeah. I felt the same way with Digimon when they came out with the Digi devices, right. bro. Yeah. So Bob, like earlier, you were saying that you're an instructor now. Mm-hmm. Like, tell us your journey to becoming an instructor. Like, did you ever think that you would be one and that this would be your job now? Um, not really. If you ask me like when I first, the first like two years I started martial arts or training in martial arts, I definitely didn't think so. I had growing up, I mean, I still kind of have it here and there, but I have a uh, speech impediment. I have a stutter. I've just, I've kind of learned how to control it over the years and, and manage it. Just like Goku controlling Super Saiyan. That's right. That's right. You know what I mean? But <laughs> exactly. So it's something I've just learned to live with over the years. But in terms of like growing up and especially my first couple of years in martial arts, I would like, I would never picture myself having a job where I constantly used my voice the whole time and spoke in front of a crowd. Um, 
So I felt like that was my biggest obstacle for me in terms of like becoming an instructor. And of course there were times I've only had two jobs my whole life. Um, and for the first few years of my martial arts career, it was the only job I've ever had. I've only like, I only left martial arts for a couple months, a few years ago because I was super burnout. I, had only one job and had to go see what else was out there. And because I wanted to go train at CZW and they only had it on weeknights when I worked. So yeah, wasn't it, isn't it uh every Wednesday, I believe it used to, I don't know what it is now The the uh, dojo wars used to be on Wednesday nights, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. But when I first went to the Academy, it was, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but I would try to go on Mondays and Wednesdays because that's when Drew Gulak would teach, and then uh, Wednesdays was Preacher. Oh no, Tuesdays was Preacher. I don't know if you know Preacher. Um, I've heard the name before. Yeah, he. Oh, dude, if you ever have a chance to work with him, I can't say uh, enough good things about that guy. He is like Drew is awesome because obviously for many reasons he knows what he's doing, and that's pretty obvious these days. Uh, seeing as how he's in WWE. Yeah, but, man. Yeah, I didn't even know that he was tra- uh, a trainer at the CCW yeah. school, man. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, I'm sorry to uh, cut you off, but... No, it's okay. It's like, um, like I just did a seminar with Jimmy Rave, and he's the trainer at the CCW school now, right? Really? That's awesome. Right? He, he's, I, I believe he's the trainer at the CCW school now. He, We did a seminar at, uh, at Next Evolution... Yeah. wrestling and um bro very knowledgeable very great guy i felt like i learned a lot from him so yeah. for for him to come and do the seminar with us it's like I've, i'm sure it's even 10 times more awesome to be in his class and learning from him because he's been everywhere yeah absolutely um it's just cool man I i think a lot of people like talk about the politics of professional wrestling and like you know, you say bad, you know, you say a bad thing, and so on, and you get blacklisted and stuff like that. But like, he, he, I know for me, the the scariest part for me was getting involved was like worrying about, all right, you know, are people gonna, you know, people have to like you, otherwise you're not gonna get booked places. Yeah, that's true. And then, yeah, that's and then the the more I got involved with it, the more I realized that there are people like people like I'm sure Jimmy Rave, who I've never had the pleasure of meeting, but I'm sure he's like this. But like Jimmy Rave and Preacher and Drew Gulak and and Kirby and, and Nate and all those guys, I just want to see you succeed. And like, if you just aren't a jerk and you're just level headed with them and you're a nice guy and you're a normal person or a nice girl, you know, whatever the case may be, just being a decent human being goes a long way in the wrestling business. And that was one of the coolest things to see um, as I got more involved and, you know, I got to meet like Drew and and uh, Preacher and Nate and Kirby, they're just all nice guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you, man. On Christmas, Nate surprised me with a, a Master Ultra Instinct Goku figure. Yeah, and like, bro, I saw like, my jaw dropped yeah. when, when he handed me that bag and I saw what was inside. It was that, and it was a, a 2019 Dragon Ball Super calendar, man. And oh, I felt cool. like I was a little kid because I was not expecting that. So yeah. when you say that Nate and Nate and Kirby are really nice guys, like yeah. they really are. Like I, I trained with uh, Kirby 
we came out of the same school here in Virginia, Southside Pro Wrestling. And like when I first met him, like he just started telling me that he was a nerd and like he loved Dragon Ball Z. And bro, that's when the friendship started, man. It's like, if you tell me you love Dragon Ball Z, we're going to be friends. Yep. Now, look, his real name's Kirby. Yeah. I think it's Cameron. It's Jay Jay Kirby. Okay. But. He was born to be a nerd. I mean, Nate yeah. Kirby. Yeah. What else? What else could he have been? <laughs> yeah, but, right. Bob, I know that you had said when we were talking about your martial arts that you wanted to grow up, if anything, to be a wrestler. Were you Were you already watching wrestling at the age of thirteen? Like, when did you get into it and then be like, "Yeah, this is what I want to do"? Yeah. Um. I started watching. It's funny. I make jokes about it because I started watching when everyone in my age group stopped. I watched when WWF at the time bought out WCW and ECW was when I first started watching it. So after the attitude error and after that whole big boom and everything, that's when I got into it. Um, My cousin, AJ, who's also a wrestler and wrestles with us at UWC, which is the company that, you know, I wrestle with Kirby and Nate. Um, he, uh, he was really into wrestling and he got me involved in it. And I remember the first time I watched it on TV was the Royal, the Royal Rumble in 2001. The one where uh, Stone Cold won. Yeah. And uh, I was just about to say that. Yep. Yeah. And Drew Carey was in it. Oh my God! Why did you have to say that? <laughs> we could we could have went we could have went along with not having to hear about Drew Carey being in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember watching it and being like, "Why is Drew Carey?" I didn't know much about Drew Carey because I wasn't like I hadn't yet gotten into comedy and improv and stuff like that. But I remember seeing Drew Carey and just being like, "Why?" is Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. It didn't make any sense to me. I didn't know much about the Royal Rumble, but I knew that Drew Carey was in the wrong spot. But this is why, though, because we're talking about it 20 years later. Yeah, exactly. And, well, I mean, you got to remember Drew Carey. He's in the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah. He's a, he's is a, he really? I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. The celebrity wing. The celebrity wing, yeah. But wow. it's like, I mean, looking back on it now, I mean, like when I first heard that, Drew Carey was going into the Hall of Fame and everything. I was just like, why? Like, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. But then I'm like, he okay. St- he still took a bump. Yeah, he took yeah, he took a bump. <laughs> he took a bump. And also at the time, he had a lot of wrestlers on the Drew Carey show. Yeah. At the time. Oh, okay. And at the time, the Drew Carey show was, was very hot. popular. Yeah. So yeah. I so it it all worked out in the long run. I mean, like right. today, people today they wouldn't understand, but back then, it's like Drew Carey was hot. I mean, you had the Drew Carey show, you had uh, whose, whose line, line is, is, is it anyway? anyway? You know what I'm yep. saying? So, but that's the thing you were saying how you got into it when kind of everybody else was getting out of it, and like yeah. the Attitude Era is cool. Don't get me wrong; like obviously, it's iconic. But to me, my favorite years of WWE is, you know, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Yeah. I love that era of WWE. Yeah, the, the ruthless aggression the era. The ruthless aggression yeah. era. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that era more as well because, I mean, you had the mixture of the WWE and WCW guys. I felt like the wrestling was a whole lot better because in the Attitude era, 
it's like there wasn't really a lot of wrestling. It was just always right. a lot of uh, people getting jumped. It was just a yeah, lot yeah. of it was just always a lot of brawl, a lot of mayhem going on. Yeah. And then when you go back and watch the Attitude Era stuff, it's a lot of it's just dumb. The, and yeah, like not good. What the Attitude Era was known for was the moments that it brought. Right. That's right. that's that's what makes you think about the Attitude Era, not the wrestling, but all the cool stuff that happened because there was a lot of cool stuff going on in the Attitude Era. And I think too, because you know you. At that time, you had Eric on Raw, Stephanie running SmackDown. So now, like, SmackDown is just a prime of show as Raw versus yeah. just, like, an extra show. Right. And, of course, that SmackDown 6 with Eddie and Edge and Rey Mysterio yeah. and Chris Benoit Chavo and Kurt Angle Guerrero. and Chavo. That, that's when, like you just said, it was more about the wrestling, not the moments. Yeah. Even though it still had moments, the wrestling was just the best you had ever seen. Yeah. So, so who would you say was your favorite wrestler, Trav? I mean, still to this day, it's so funny because I didn't expect it to pan out this way. I've always been so into Chris Jericho. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. Uh, and he's a completely different Chris Jericho now. But the way he was so witty on the mic. And then, of course, like wrestling, he was doing. He wasn't doing flips and stuff like Rey Mysterio and yeah. some of them other cruiserweights. But he but was still pulling doing them out cool yeah. stuff that. I felt like I could do yeah. versus when I see some of the other guys, I'm like, oh, no way in hell I can do that. I will say that when he came to WWE, he kind of calmed it down a little bit compared to when he was in WCW. And, you know, that's because they called WWE the land of the giants. So it wasn't the same. He that's couldn't right. work he the could, same. Yeah, I he remember couldn't he said do the walls of that. Jericho the, the same lion like tamer. he used to. He couldn't do the lion tamer on bigger guys because... So it, it, it looked more like the Boston Crab than it did more of like him bending you back on your neck yeah a little bit and yeah so but still to this day it's crazy to say that chris jericho is almost 50 years old and still wrestling at such a high level yeah yeah and now he's not even wrestling in wwe anymore he's wrestling outside of it and, and still Japan, going and still to wwe, WWE and yeah. it's just wild you know he's gonna go down to me as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time well what about you bob who's who's your favorite wrestler it's funny, man. I uh, when I first got involved, I loved Kurt Angle. I, I I can't. Oh, of course. Like he was just like he was cool. He was funny. Like I just loved Kurt Angle for the first few years, and then such a cheese ball. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Drinking that milk, the milk truck. Right. That doesn't everybody. have anything to do with him being from Pennsylvania. Ah. No. Um. Well. Well. Maybe actually. Yeah, so, <laughs> internally. Maybe. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been subconsciously. But here's the thing, though. Like you, Trav, I like. I couldn't help it after a couple years. Oh, you know when it happened? It was when he came back. I'm talking about Jericho now. He 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 became my favorite, and he's been my favorite for the last few, few years now. When he when came he, back in the talk, suit? No, no. I think you're talking about uh, 2007 Jericho, where he yes. break the yeah, code. Yeah, that's when he came. Nah, he wasn't in the, in the suit, suit yet. Yeah, it was 09. No, it was 08 yeah. when he oh. started, when he right. became the hill Jericho, yeah. But yeah, he, I remember the Save Us. Yeah, Save yes. Us, yeah. I, I remember I was on a trip to New York. I was actually, you know, I was coming back from New York because it was in January. It was right after New Year's. And I wasn't in New York for New Year's, but I was in New York like a day or two later. And I remember seeing all this hype online about Chris Jericho coming back. And that's when 
there was a period of time between like like late 06 and then like 07 error and stuff like that and and 08 where i was very in and out of wrestling i kind of like hit my uh hit hit my top or my ceiling or whatever i've had like i've had a few years of watching it consistently and i needed just a little break i was kind of burnt out from watching it all the time same way i think the product in wwe was not that good in that yeah. era and it kind of just turned you away a little bit i was the same way yeah exactly and i saw all the hype for him to come back on facebook and youtube and stuff like that and i remember thinking he's coming back because i knew he had left and when he came back i was just like that was just a cool a cool way to come back and it was even though the save us thing didn't really pan out too much after like his return right i feel like he just finds a new way to, to always reinvent that. himself yes yeah because he yeah he did the same thing when he came back in 2012 with the end right. of the world thing he did it now when he went to yeah. new, japan. Went, yeah, when he went to new he japan. japan he completely reinvented himself after and it's crazy because he was the best wrestler of the year with the list thing yeah and yeah then oh immediately God. jumped to new japan and was completely different and yeah. it was like Whoa, just a couple months ago, you were this. Now you're this. And I don't know how he does it. He's cussing and everything. I don't know how he continues to do it, but it's remarkable. Then you got the Jericho cruise that just recently happened. I mean, like, he has so many cool things that he's done outside of wrestling. Like, and like, Jericho is definitely a pop culture icon. Yeah. You can definitely put him up there. And, uh, you know, my favorite wrestler, who is also a pop culture icon, is the most electrifying man in sports entertainment, The Rock. I'm telling you, like, as a kid, I watched wrestling. I watched Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage. And it's like, when I was younger, Macho Man Randy Savage, he was my favorite wrestler. But then it's like, as I started getting older, like, I stopped watching wrestling and... One night, my cousin came over, and we were watching Monday Night Raw, and The Rock was up there, and, like, he was just talking all this smack, and I'm just like, who is this guy? And it's like, after that, like, The Rock brought me back into professional wrestling. Like, The Rock is the reason why I wanted to become a professional wrestler, because of his, he had the charisma, the trash talking. I mean, like, Benjamin Banks in the ring like when it comes to just talking trash making jokes joking people on facebook joking people on instagram it's like the rock is my spirit animal man he'll always be my favorite wrestler of all time man just because of everything that he's done and then his transition into hollywood like i supported the rock when he went into hollywood i still support him to this day and hopefully one day i get to actually meet him man like i think that that would really make my day if i can meet the rock one day that'd be amazing Welcome to Raw is Jericho. Did you see the um the thing on Twitter where this kid, uh, probably about our age, asked The Rock every single day? To yeah, ha- I saw that. No, I didn't see that. What happened? Oh, Benjamin, he just you tweeted him every day. Did The Rock ever respond to him? Tell him what happened. Yes, at the very end, um. So he tweeted <laughs> the rock every single day, uh, like, hey, we should hang out, bro. Let's get a beer sometime. And he went on and on for like 30 days or more than that. Actually, you know what? I think it was more. And literally, he would Photoshop like pictures of, of him bro. with the rock. Just like how I'd be Photoshopping you. Right. But it, yes. he would put himself with the rock. Yes. Wow. 
Yeah. Like, this could be us, but you won't respond to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, And I think the last day he posted it, I think he ended and The Rock said, uh, um, hey, this is really funny. This gave me a good laugh. If you're ever in, you know, blah, 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 let's hang out or something. Like, he actually responded, which is really cool. Well, I hope that he goes to wherever The Rock said, if you're ever here and they can hang out. So then he won't have to Photoshop the photo this time. It'll exactly. really be him and The Rock hanging that, out. That would how be amazing cool. would that be? And yeah. The Rock's one of those cool guys where I've seen like videos of him at a stoplight and like fans will run up and, it'll and be like, he'll be like, yeah, yeah, he'll quick, take pictures yeah. with him. Yeah. Quick selfie. All right, we holding up traffic. I got to get back in my car. I remember, I that remember hearing cool. this cool story about the rock where he had drove past, uh, these girls that were selling girl scout cookies and he bought all the girl scout cookies that they had there. And That's he awesome. was, and he was just like, you know, I saw these girls, it was hot outside they were trying to, you know, get this money for the Girl Scout cookies and all this stuff. And I just helped them out so that that way they could get out the sun and go home. And I was just like, bro, that's awesome. Like, The Rock is a very humble person. Like, when you just yeah. hear his stories about, like, how he started out from nothing. Like, how he didn't have any Seven month, bucks in his seven pocket. Seven bucks man. in his pocket. Right. And then he went to WWE and became this huge star and then went to the movies, man. It's like, like now he's the, the highest paid actor in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? So that's definitely a comeback story. And like how I always say, you know, about just staying positive in life. Yeah, because you see him on social media. It's like, does this guy ever have a bad day? He never does. Never does, he man. Never, and it's no, the he's, mindset. He's had, he's had one. What's from the mindset? He had one. It was when... uh when his mom and Nia Jax were in that car accident. That's right. the only time that I've ever seen him say that he had a bad day. But, bro, it's like even when that happened, like he helped both of them out so much, man, helped them recover and whatnot. Got, I think he got both of them new cars and stuff like that. So, wow. hey, yeah, The Rock, hey, he's my G, man. You know, but, uh, you know, Bob, I'm really into tag team wrestling. Like yeah. that's always been one of my favorite things. Uh, you know, growing up watching wrestling and everything. And now I'm in a tag team, the Golden Pinky Society. I don't have the shirt on right now, but I did wear it at the gym last night. And I just I love tag team wrestling. Like, I love, you know, the the sport of two guys working together to wrestle two other guys that are working together. It's kind of like Goku and Vegeta, if, if I can say. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So who would be somebody that you would like to team up with? If you could team up with any wrestler, past or present, like who would it be? Team up. That's a tough question. I know. <laughs> oh, man. We're talking like like anybody, any wrestler of all time. Any, It could be Drew Carey. <laughs> oh, man. I think I I would probably have to go with Jericho. Mm. I I think that's just I think me and Jericho if we now obviously that would never happen unless hey, you ne- they never free. say never. You never unless know. Unless you listen to this Mr. Jericho, I'm free. No, but um <laughs> Yeah, it's just I think me as if well, here's the thing. It would have to be like classic not like classic but like I'm talking, like, I think it was 2008, 2009, like, the Chris, I'm going to speak real slow and use real big words 
Right. Yeah, um, yeah, I like and, that Jericho too, man. Yeah, he just like I'm a total sends you the whole time. Exactly. I think him and Bobby Banks would work well together. What uh, would you, what would y'all's tag team name be? Uh, Jared Banks. Now nah, I don't know. Um, bro, I almost spit out my water. <laughs> We could call y'all the JBs. There you go. Jared Banks. The Jared Banks. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, I stick with it. I stick with the Jared Banks. Who else better? I mean, yeah. you know, the yeah, tag let's go team. with that. So it kind of seems like that could be a possible goal. But um, what are like some of your goals that you have set for yourself to do in wrestling? Do you want to go to WWE? Like, where are you trying to go with it? I think right now I'm just at a place where I like wrestling at UWC once a month or every other month. Would I like to go more places? I think I would. Yeah, I don't know if I ever truly want to make it like a career. Not that I don't know. Like, I don't know if that would be an option. I I think if I, you know, just like with everyone else, I have the mindset to where if I made it my only option and I really wanted to do it, I think, yeah, I probably could. But I think I'm kind of past that in in my life. I'm cool with what I'm doing. I would like to do maybe another promotion here and there. Like when Kirby and Nate went to visit you, Ben, uh, originally they had asked me to come with them. Yeah, and I know. I heard I the know. story. I know. I was so hyped, but then it was the day that uh, I couldn't end up making it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, crap!" But like things like that, I think I would jump over. Um, I think I would jump all over if if the case or if the opportunity presents itself. But in terms of like making it a career or something like that, I think I'm I think I'm good with what I'm doing now. I really enjoy the fact that, I mean, I've got a really sweet spot right now to where. I teach martial arts during the week and occasionally on the weekends I get to be a professional wrestler. And it's just like, like it's a dream. It's crazy. Like, like even saying that right now, I'm like, is this really my life sometimes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So I think in terms of where I'd like to go, I like wrestling where I'm wrestling, but Hey, if the opportunity presents itself to come up and, tag with Mr. Banks or we have, man, bro, we have to tag, man. We have to, we have to, and like just to let you guys who are listening know, um, me and Bob, we've actually met each other before. Yeah. Um, I've wrestled at a promotion in New Jersey yep. called Neo Fight Pro. And I told Bob about I was like, Bob, I'm coming up there, man, and I really like to meet you. And we met each other. And Bob got a golden pinky shirt too. Right. I did. Part, Bob is part of the golden I pinky see, I society. I seen the pictures. And oh, yeah. just to let you and just to let you know, Bob. Uh, Nate, he is jealous that he that you have a golden pinky shirt and he doesn't. Just oh. to let you know that, so that's something that you have over him. So even though you didn't get to come to Elizabeth City to wrestle and we got to, we could hang out again, yeah. you got a golden pinky shirt. That's right, I so do. I definitely love to team up with you one day. E- either team up with you or we can wrestle each other. But I know that if we team up, we have to do the fusion dance. Oh yeah. So that's 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 the most definite. And we have to post it in Roshi's Island, and we have to post it on the Facebook page, man. Yep, absolutely. Let's make it happen, man. Let's make that our goal for 2019. The Bobby Banks and Benjamin Banks team up. Well, we, and the best part is when you do the fusion dance, it makes sense because your favorite is Goku. Is Goku, and who's your favorite, Bob? 
Vegeta, my friend. And there you go. The prince of and all it just Saiyans makes sense. and the low class Saiyan. Now, why is Vegeta your favorite? Oh, so, all right. Growing up, it was Trunks because I feel like it was hard not to be a Trunks fan because he comes in, he crushes Frieza, he's got a sword. Like, what else could you ask for? Yeah, Trunks. Trunks was sweet, man, especially he when he got the long purple hair. Yeah, that's well, my favorite. That's Trunks. my favorite Trunks, and I see him, I'm like, "Yo, this dude is bad." Yeah, he was just cool. Like, how do you not like him? Yeah. Um, so it used to be Trunks, but when I got involved, like I so kind of like backstory, I didn't watch a lot of Dragon Ball for a long time. It wasn't until have either of you guys ever met Stan Styles? He's a wrestler as well. No, I've never met him. Okay. Have you heard of him now or No, no, this is my first time hearing of him. Okay. So he he wrestles quite a bit. He got he got a um pretty pretty big. He has this uh, a show that he runs called the Intergender Bonanza or whatever. And it gets pretty good press. He actually just wrestled jo- Joey Ryan, which is really cool. Um but so uh me and him We've known each other for a long time. We actually used to backyard together, like back in the day. Yeah. And a couple years ago, he had uh, – I was talking to him because his Facebook profile picture was Broly. And I had remembered Broly from watching Dragon Ball Z here and there in the 90s. And I said, oh, you like Dragon Ball Z? He goes, yeah, have you watched Super? And at that point, I watched like the first three episodes mm-hmm. and – I wasn't a fan. I was like, this isn't that like, it's like, okay, but I was kind of bored. It wasn't until the, uh, universal or the, the universe six, universe seven tournament. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Like that's when Dragon Ball, the first 40 episodes of Dragon Ball super. Yeah. And it's like, it did get better once it got to the universal tournament arc. Yeah. And that was just awesome. And I remember slowly, but surely I started to like, remember dragon ball z and remember dragon ball which um i actually never watched the whole thing of dragon ball Nani? I still, yeah i know i know i have i have i have the season sitting he's in nani <laughs> i have i have the season sitting here that I'm, I'm actually working my way through now but i've seen a couple episodes as a kid but in terms of the whole original series i haven't i haven't watched the whole thing fully yet uh yeah, yeah Dragon, the sec- Ball, Dragon Ball, in my opinion, is the best out of all of them. Like really? Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, then Dragon Ball Super, then GT. Wow. Well, yeah. that's why it's so funny because for me, the first half of Dragon Ball Z is much better than the second half of Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And for Dragon Ball, the first half is meh to me. Yeah. That second half of Dragon Ball when where Go- Goku's becoming stuff. like a... Yeah. And he's not fighting dinosaurs and stuff right. like that Yeah, anymore. he fought he's Jackie legit- Yeah, he's legitimately fighting people The now. Tenkaichi Budokais, bro, is what made that series. Right. And I remember one time I had, uh, I had got into an argument with somebody about uh, how in Dragon Ball Super, it's like there weren't any real villains. Like, all it was was just Frieza, Goku Black, and then you had the tournaments, whereas in Dragon Ball you had villains, then you had the Tenkaichi Budokais. It wasn't just the tournaments. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the reasons why I like Dragon Ball the most, because of the storytelling, the characters, the comedy that was in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Right. And then slowly as Super developed and 
especially so when he fought Kaba and when he fought Frost, it just reminded me that like a he's savage as can be, um, and B I'm looking back over the years and I'm like he really if you look back at the Majin Vegeta and even the the Saiyan saga in the beginning of Z like he by f- far at least in my opinion he by far had the best character development oh for real out of everyone and to I'm me at- he's really the only one with character development like exactly. i don't feel like goku has any character development well goku had see that's the thing with goku is you have to start with dragon ball because from, right. dra- from dragon ball all the way up to the fight with frieza was the character development for goku and i kind of right. feel like the cell saga the cell saga was mainly focused on gohan, gohan and trunks gohan. yeah but Vegeta still did have character development in the Saiyan saga because he finally became a Super Saiyan. Right. And he Vegeta, he thought once he became a Super Saiyan that he was, it was over. It was over. Nobody let's, could beat let's him. Let's Android become 18, perfect. Android 18 oh, he got his ass there, whooped his ass. He broke his arm, bro. And, and he couldn't believe it. Too. I remember. Like, he just couldn't believe bro, it. Not only did Vegeta lose. And hit in a Super Saiyan form, but he lost to a woman, and that really hurt. that hurt his pride. Yeah. You know it did, right? Yeah, he was pissed. I remember that. Yeah, one thing that I will take away from Vegeta is that I think all of us as adults, I feel like we've become Vegeta. Like as as children, we were Goku. We were all free spirited. You know, we tried to do. We all whatever did. we want. Yeah, we did whatever we, pretty we wanted. Pretty much did whatever we want. But it's like as you get older, it's like you see that you become more like Vegeta. Starting to get a little cynical towards things and Yeah. Yeah. Get salty and this is stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's life, an awesome analysis. Life turns you into Vegeta. For real. <laughs> hey, it's better to it's better to become Vegeta no. instead of being Yamcha, right? Oh, or Krillin. Hey, hey, now nah, look, bro. Krillin has a job. He shrunk. He, he, yeah, he shrunk for some odd reason. He has a hot wife and he has a daughter. And he's when he's chief of police now. Yeah, he's winning. Yeah, Krillin is winning in life. Goku, Goku can't keep a job. Who do you know who's been bold for thirty years and magically can grow hair? Nobody. <laughs> Krillin. That's it. Well, for all we know, he was just cutting his hair all the time. That's true. Yeah, but then who's cutting his hair as a kid? He's just cutting his hair. Launch was. Okay. you remember launch, right? Yeah, of course I remember. Okay, I'm just asking because you know Akira Toriyama doesn't remember. Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> about that. Akira <laughs> so, has a selective memory. <laughs> so Bob, um, is there anything from Dragon Ball that you incorporate into your personal life or as a martial arts instructor? So I. When Ultra Instinct first happened, um, I was fascinated as all could be, as as we all were, of course. Um, I just thought that was the coolest that Goku has ever looked. It's the coolest that he's ever moved. Or, and I was very curious to, to see, like, I know Akira Toriyama takes a lot of, um, he, he takes a lot of uh, inspiration from martial arts. Yeah. When he used in Dragon Ball, so I started doing like research, and and I found out a lot that Bruce Lee was very big in terms of instinct. He never, he never, you know, called it like Ultra Instinct or anything like yeah, that. Of course, be, because like you know, the Ultra Instinct, the idea behind that completely is a little ridiculous. However, there is 
Um, Bruce Lee has a theory called thought in motion. And thought in motion essentially is like training to such a high level to where you don't think first and then do something and then move. Um, but you get to the point where as soon as you start to think about what you're going to do, you're already moving, which I think is pretty much as, as far as like the research and things I've done and looked up and read about is the closest, like an actual martial artist can come to like ultra instinct. And I thought that was just the coolest thing. So I do, I talk about, um, thought in motion all the time, uh, in in our classes specifically our sparring classes you know when the kids get to spar each other i talk about you know being telegraphic and part of that has to do with thinking about things as you're doing them like where your eyes go if my eyes look at you know your your chest then you know that's probably where i'm going to strike my eyes look at your head you know that's probably where i'm going to strike right so you got to train yourself to be non-telegraphic and the real key to that is not even telegraphing it to yourself. Like, you know, as you think about doing it, you, you're already moving, which obviously is like ridiculously hard. Yeah. And, and it doesn't work flawlessly. It's one of those one with mind, body and soul type of spiritual things. It's kind of, it's kind of like uh, what we was talking about with Josh about the, on the Cowboy Bebop episode where Spike uh, had made a reference to uh, when it comes to fighting, you have to be like water and just flow. Oh, yeah. So it's like that's kind of similar to like Ultra Instinct, where it's like yeah. you're just you're just flowing with the motion. It's I like, mean, honestly, it's like the Matrix when he finally becomes like that's the true one, too. and he just that's true too. He does he just moves, and that's all you yeah. can say. He's not thinking about moving. It's right. natural. Yeah, right. and it's like you don't know what his reaction is right. because it's like some people when they get into fights. It's like Bob was saying, it's like when you look at your opponent, it's like you don't know what they're going to do and whatnot. Right. So it's like with the Ultra Instinct, if you're fighting and it's like you don't know what your opponent's going to do, then it's like it's going to be easy for them to take you out. And especially if your opponent sees everything that's coming and knows what you're going to do, then you're screwed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's pretty cool that, um, you know, there's you could take – fictional things and use them in real life like exactly that. you know especially for something as spiritual and physical as martial arts and stuff yeah. like that so yeah no doubt so um i we're not gonna spoil it for anybody but all three of us have already seen the super bowling movie i haven't seen it oh you haven't i'm you know the japanese bootleg that came out um right. you know the dub ain't out yet but do you think it's gonna be the best Dragon Ball movie that, you know, they've ever done. I think, do you guys watch Geekdom 101 on YouTube or no? I've seen a few of his videos. And yeah. Like, he's, ve he's very knowledgeable. Oh, my God, yeah. Very knowledgeable. He mentioned, I think his analysis of the movie is pretty, I think it's a pretty accurate one, so I'm probably going to go with that. In terms of action and, like, pure, like, and pure wow factor I think yeah I think it's the best Dragon Ball movie I think it's the best thing that or the best looking thing in terms of fighting in terms of visuals that Dragon Ball's ever put out um, I agree with you Um, well you know I really thought Battle of Gods and Resurrection of F what 
like look wise was top they notch too. Really, yeah. I mean, I feel yeah. like those are just as on par with it. Yeah. But that Super Brawley, to me, it was the story. I really liked the story. Me I too. Liked, I like how they changed Brawley a little bit. And I'm not going to get don't go too in, deep into, into it, it or yeah. anything like that. I just like the subtle changes they yeah. made to the characters and the backstory in general yeah. to make it make more sense. Just going off of the trailers alone, it's like you could see that this was a different type of Broly. Right. And yeah. I like just again, just going off of the trailers and not spoiling anything. Um, the Broly in the trailers, he looks more intimidating and he looks yeah. more focused than the Broly that we had growing up. Because right. it's like the Broly that we had growing up, he was just mindless a lot. Right. And he was just filled with rage. Whereas this Broly, like he looks like he knows what he's doing. And he has he actually like says stuff in the trailer. Yeah, he actually yeah. like talks. He act- so he can yeah. actually articulate things and right. Yeah, yeah. So those are the subtle changes I'm talking about that I thought was really well done. And it's another cool thing that it's like I always thought it was dumb that like his reasoning for yes. Goku was because. Goku cried when right. they were kids. Yeah. Whereas it's like and it now, annoyed him in where, this little incubator. Whereas now it's like he doesn't even know who Goku is. Yeah. He doesn't know who Goku or Vegeta. Well, he knows who Vegeta is because because of his dad. Because his dad. Oh. But it's like he doesn't know who Goku is. So it's like when they finally do meet for the first time, it's like this is going to be like the fight that yeah the, the end all be all the fight. So. When the movie does come out, like it's highly recommended that everybody goes and watch it because it's a really good movie. Right. Oh yeah, agreed. And um, on that note, we already do have another podcast scheduled with Bob. I don't know if you called it a reaction podcast or what, but we're all going to go see the movie and Skype and just talk about this movie. And it will be filled with spoilers. Yep, it will. Hey, um, you know, Bob, one one last thing before uh, we let you go, because we're about to finish up soon. Okay. Earlier, you had said that you do improv, comedy yeah. improv. Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about that. Like, how did you get into that? And, you know, what do you do? Like, I've always wanted to do improv. Oh, for sure. So it's really funny, actually. I got into improv through wrestling because one of my training sessions with Drew at CZW he had mentioned that he took an improv class before and we had done, I can't remember the name of the game to save my life, but we had done an improv game or two at CZW training. And I remember thinking to myself, that was a lot of fun. I've never even up to that point, like I've heard of it. And, and obviously I knew what, whose line is it anyway was, right? but I have never, I had never thought about it. I had never, like even pictured it being an option in my head until uh, a couple years, well, not a couple years, a couple months actually later from, from playing that game at CZW, I just on a whim was like, uh, I hadn't been doing training anymore. I kind of stopped training for a little bit in terms of wrestling. Yeah. I was back into martial arts. I was back at karate. And I was like, I was feeling good, but I'm like, you know what? I want, I need like a hobby. I need to do something where, cause martial arts, obviously you're always still growing and learning, but, but it comes to a certain point where you don't feel as fulfilled as you did in the first couple of years. You know, when you like, you know, when you're, you know, when you get your black belt and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So exactly. So I needed something that, 
that was different. So I looked up uh, improv classes. I found one in Philly, ended up doing uh, a free class, and I fell in love with it. And a couple months later, I enrolled in a full class, and then I went through the curriculum at uh, Philly Improv Theater is what it's called. Nice. Um, yeah, I loved it, and I would do shows here and there. Um, and that was another thing that just I think for me, a part of it is you know growing up with a stutter, I was always scared to talk, not even just like in front of a crowd, but even just like like for instance, if it was as bad as it was when I was a kid, I would have dreaded this podcast in, instead of being excited for it and. And messaging Trav 20 minutes early saying, hey, bud, I'm ready whenever you guys are. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it would have been the last possible minute. You know, yeah. I think improv was another thing in addition to to wrestling and martial arts where it's like, no, not only have I overcome something that terrified me and traumatized me as a kid, but I'm actually doing it like on a regular basis. And I started to meet people at improv. I even met, you know, my girlfriend at improv and, you know, we now live together, which is like the coolest freaking thing. Uh, it's just a cool community. And then before I knew it, I did, I took all the classes at Philly. I took an online sketch writing class and, you know, for a theater in Chicago, which is the same theater that Chris Farley trained at, which is like, yeah. And I wasn't, that's very cool, man. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was there in person, but I was like, like to me, I still had that really close. Um, I took an improv class in New York uh, for six weeks. No, it was four weeks. I don't know. I think it was four or six, but it just has become like such a big part of my life to where I just, I don't think I'll ever stop loving it. I don't take class regularly now because I did most of the classes in my area, but in terms of like, it's just, it's another form of art that I respect, you know, improv, wrestling, karate, like my life. Yeah, is- you do a lot, bro. Like you're like, you're a superstar, bro. Yeah, but yeah. it's just adding more tools in the tool belt. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's like what you were saying about uh, Gulak when he yeah. did the class, uh, the yeah. improv class. It's kind of, it goes hand in hand with wrestling because oh, whenever God. whenever you're in the ring and you're cutting a promo, yeah. it's like sometimes you know you have to improvise on stuff. You know, oh, yeah. it's like you go out there and you say stuff, but it's like like for me, it's like I always like to go off the top of my head. Like you know, yeah. you hear stories about like The Rock and Austin and how like when they ever when they cut promos, they just used to always like to shoot from the hip. Right. And it's like they didn't like to read scripts or any of that stuff. So it's the same thing with improv. It's like yeah. you're just coming off of the top of your head with everything, man. And exactly. I think that that was pretty cool of him to do that in a wrestling class because it's like you never know what's going to happen when you're in the ring. When oh, you're yeah. cutting a promo, same thing with improv. You never know what's going to happen when you're on stage. Exactly. And you know, I've done uh, stand-up comedy here and there, yeah. and, I, and I've performed at the Virginia Beach Funny Bone, so it's like, I know what you mean by that feeling that you got where you were at the same 
place where Chris Farley had came out of because like that's how I felt when I was on stage performing at the Funny Bone and I'm like man like so many great comedians have performed on this stage and for me to have the opportunity to stand on this stage and tell jokes and make people laugh like that is a very humbling experience bro and just uh, last week me and my tag partner Diamond Victor Griff we were in um, the comedy Smackdown where me and him became the comedy SmackDown sloth tag team champions. And oh, that's awesome. You know, bro, it's, you know, like Trav just said, you know, these are a lot of tools that you're adding to the toolbox. And, bro, for us, like growing up, it's like we w- we never would imagine that we would be doing some of the cool stuff that we're doing right now, man. So yeah. it's all about just following your dreams and just living your life and staying positive. And yeah. as long as you do that, You'll be able to do anything, man. Yeah, if you want it, go get it. Exactly. And it's like, and I hope, you know, others that are listening to this episode, like, who have, you know, stuttering problems, it's like they listen to Bob. I mean, like, Bob, he overcame his fears. And it's like, look at him now. You know what I'm saying? It's all about overcoming your fears or issues that you have. And once you overcome them, you'll become the man or the woman. Or in Becky Lynch's case, how she likes to say, she's the man. You know what I'm saying? So, Bob. You You can't argue with that. No, you can't. You can't, man. She's the hottest thing in wrestling right now. My for opinion. real, she is. Yep. But, hey, Bob, just want to say thank you again for coming up here and joining us on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. It was such a blast having you up here, bro. Tell the people in social media land where they can find you at. So you can find me on Facebook under uh, Bobby Banks or my real name, uh, Bob McQuaid. Um, find me on Instagram at Bob McQuaid. Uh, I don't know if I have an actual like handle, but let me check real quick. Give me 20 seconds, but yeah, I'm all over the place. Um, if there are any, you know, if anyone wants to book Bobby Banks, you can, uh, message me on Facebook or Instagram or something, or yeah, I'm always, I'm always around, but it is, uh, yeah, I'm just Instagram under Bob McQuaid. I don't think I have, I can't see any sort of handle R McQuaid one, but yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much where you can find me. I'm not, not too, too hard to find or, you can find me on Roshi's Island. Bro, I was just about to say that. Your, your friendly neighborhood admin, Bob, which is a funny story. I have been thinking about if I'm going to change that forever just because it gets to the point where I post a lot and I'm like, I have to type this out every time. But I can't think of anything that I think would be cooler than that. No. No, that is cool, bro. It makes me think of Spider-Man all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, it was a pleasure being on here, guys. I really appreciate everything. Uh, I really do feel like um, this is a family that we have, and you guys are awesome. Thanks, dude. You're awesome, too, bro. Yeah, Yeah, thank you for dedicating yourself to the page like you have done, and I... We both know this page wouldn't be what it is without you, dude, so... Yeah, facts, bro. Facts. Yeah. That means a a lot. Have a nice day, bro. We'll talk to you later. All right, man. All right, peace. Bye. Dude, what a podcast and conversation with Bob that we just had. Bro, I'm telling you, man. It's like Bob is a very cool and humble guy, man. I'm glad that we were able to have him come up here, man. It's like just from hearing his story, from, you know, getting into martial arts to pro wrestling. And and we 
legitimately didn't know a lot of these things about Bob, like yeah. from here in the podcast. So like we were just sitting down talking and we learned a lot about Bob as a person yeah, in this. Exactly. And I'm just so happy that you guys connected somehow through wrestling and brought him on to the page and and now look at him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Look at Bro, him. like like he just said, man, all of the stuff that he's done is just tools added to the toolbox, man. It's like he can have Roshi's admin on his resume when he goes in for a job interview. There we go. You know what I'm saying? But man, it's like I can't wait until, you know, everybody hears this, man. And I hope that it really inspires people to you know go after their dream and man. you can do more than one thing and we talked about chris jericho for you know quite a while and chris jericho's you call him a pop icon he's not just a wrestler yeah he's, he's a rock star exactly. he's a number one new york times best-selling best-seller, author yep. mm-hmm. he he's booking cruises now mm-hmm. you know obviously he wrestles all over the world Bob's over here he's an instructor he's wrestling improv he's doing improv if you want to do something in life, go and do it. Exactly. I think that that's what this episode was really about. Chase after your dreams, follow your dreams, stay positive, and just live life. And even on like a smaller scale, like we want to do this podcast and we, dude, we just did it. Yeah, we just like, did it. I, we don't know what it's going to become. I don't know what it's going to become. I don't know if it'll ever be anything big, but like we did it and we tried yeah and if you're listening now and feel like i can never be where that guy is bs yeah try go and do it i'd much rather try and fail instead of not trying and then i'm laying in bed at night man i wonder what would have happened if i did it yeah something that i like to live by in life is it's best to try something so that way that you can say that you did do it instead of not doing it and then looking back on life and saying, Man, I what wish if, I I wish I would have did that. Right. Or what what could have happened if I did that? Yeah. So yeah, hey Trav, tell everybody where they can find you at on social media, man. You can go ahead and find me on Instagram at ZK Audio. And that's pretty much it for me. That's where I am most of my time. I'm and Instagram you, guy. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at King Benji underscore banks, and you can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. And you can also like our page, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, which is on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in to another great edition of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And um, see you next week. Woo!